Hello everyone and welcome to Behold, the podcast where we cast our all-seeing eye over the world of comic book adaptations and try to sort the super from the substandard. Who is we? Well, I'm your host Andrew and as usual I'm joined by my co-host Mick. No, no, no. It's Phil. Oh, sorry. Mick was the one in the old universe. So what happened was, after the last time we recorded... I went back and I listened to all the podcasts we've recorded together and realised that I was just a complete and utter disappointment. So I travelled back in time to our very first podcast and set up a whole new podcasting uh, team that now includes me as Phil. And that's why the world is ending. Yes. I was going to say, if you've guessed, but you probably won't have guessed. If you've seen the show we're going to talk about, then you might have an idea of what all that was about. And even if you have seen the show, you might not, because I've been very confused for like the past few hours. <laughs> anyway, it's Umbrella Academy Season 3. Yes. Very, very loosely based on the Hotel Oblivion run of Umbrella Academy comics. Indeed. Written by Gerard Way and Gabriel Barr. Or drawed by by him. Yes. But, I mean, what is drawing but just writing in a different way? In pictorial form. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's how they started writing. Let's be honest. Exactly. So it's all. I think it's fair. It's fairer to say what is writing, but just stylized pictures. Whoa! That's okay. getting real metaphysical already. Yeah. I, I I think I'll set myself up uh, uh, as the head of some sort of academy with doozies like that. I mean, to be honest, I've always assumed that's what you do with the sea cadets. Well, kind of, but somebody else set up the sea cadets. I mean, uh, I assist. I'm more, so, so, I'm more like Pogo in that scenario. Yeah, I was gonna say, you're, you're the Pogo. <laughs> yeah, I'm the talking monkey. Who quits and joins a biker gang. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. So, actually, before we move on, I've got one more confusing thing to do because we have for once what I think is a big change of format because I believe Mick you've read some Umbrella Academy haven't you? I have read some Umbrella Academy. So for once you are actually more versed in the comics than I am Wow yeah it doesn't help with the TV show No from what I understand the TV show is a very different beast. Yeah um the only thing that matches in the TV show really is is the names of the members of the Umbrella Academy and the fact that they are uh, the brainchild of uh, Sir Reginald Hargreaves. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, do do all the names even match? Um, I think most of them do. So I would assume there's at least one different though. Well. Yes, but that's due to circumstances entirely outside the control of Messrs. Way and Barr. Yes, yes, I, I don't think we can really blame Gerard Way for not, like, seeing... Predicting that one of the lead actors would transition. 
between seasons two and three. Yeah, that's fair. We'll, we'll let you off that one, Gerard. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, yeah, certainly for seasons one and two, the, the the names are the same, and most of episode one of season three. Oh, good enough. And apart from that, <laughs> everything else is completely different. Yeah. It, yeah. The, um, so this season three uh, centres around a plot line uh, with the Hotel Oblivion. Kind of. Which is a running theme through the comics. It, it's kind of prison. Um, if you're familiar with the Doctor Who episode, The God Complex, uh, it, it's akin to that. It's kind of a, a sort of waiting room for people to sort of face their nightmares. They get imprisoned in there when the Umbrella Academy have apprehended them after their shenanigans and nefarious activities. Um, and Apart from the name Hotel Oblivion, that's where any similarity ends. A bit like the rest of the comics and the TV shows. I'm not really helping here, am I? I'm not sure anyone can help. No, I think even if we had Gerard and Gabriel back on the show, they couldn't explain the plot of Invalor Academy. Oh, I think there is one way they could. If rumour told them that she'd heard a rumour that they could explain the plot of Umbrella Academy. They might be able to do it. I actually could just tell people that everything we've said so far makes perfect sense. Yes. Um, now, I'm not even sure, because I'll, I'll be honest, although, although I like uh, Umbrella Academy, story-wise, I'm I'm not a fan of Gabriel Barr's um, art. And you're probably going to now rush out and buy a copy when I say it's a bit too reminiscent of Mike Mignola's work. Oh, that's right. I, I forgot that that was one of your objectively wrong opinions. <laughs> So I, I, I haven't pursued it beyond a certain point, the Umbrella Academy, so I can't say whether the Sparrow Academy is comic book accurate or not. Um, yeah, although to be fair, yeah. Martin, I don't think there's actually that much of the Umbrella Academy. No. Like, it seems like whatever I hear about, it's just more stuff is pending and then never actually gets written. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, But yeah, so it's you know the 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 adventures in the comics are just as well. I mean, it starts with them fighting a sentient Eiffel Tower. That is page one of the comics. There's no context to this. They are just. <laughs> they are just I mean, I like it. That's you know what you're in for. <laughs> um. And, uh, you know, another storyline starts with um, Luther just fighting a giant monkey for no reason whatsoever. 
like a King Kong sized ape in a sort of wrestling ring with no context. That's just how the story opens. Yeah, I, I kind of like I'm that. To, I'm surprised the series isn't directed by David Lynch. Oh, God, David Lynch's Umbrella Academy. That would be something. <laughs> like, th so. this is the point where I provide an over the top example of the kind of thing that would be in it. But I don't think you can, like, do a joke example of something that David Lynch would do. No. Because then he'd just do it. Yes, that's true. Um, but um, anyway, I, I'm i a staunch traditionalist when it comes to these things, so I think I'm going to hand it over to you to synopsize season three. Good luck. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, yeah, speaking of tradition, this is the part where I say that I, I will be doing four spoilers for season three. Although... I feel like you have to be able to understand, like, we're assuming that what I'm about to say makes any kind of sense for it to be considered a spoiler. Indeed. So, the Umbrella Academy is a group of superpowered adopted siblings who were all born on October the 1st, 1989. They consist of Luther Hargreaves, played by Tom Hopper, the super strong theoretical leader of the group who has the body of a gorilla, Diego Hargreaves, played by Dan Castaneda, whose telekinetic abilities allow him to throw knives with deadly accuracy. Alison Hargreaves, Emmy Ray Verlappen, who can rumour people into doing whatever she wants. Klaus Hargreaves, Robert Sheehan, who can talk to the dead and finds out this season that he can also come back to life whenever he's killed. Uh, five Hargreaves, played by Aidan Gallagher, a teleporter who spent decades in a post-apocalyptic future before returning to his prepubescent body and this is the bit we we're kind of talking about earlier uh, Victor formerly Vanya Hargreaves played by Elliot Page whose powerful abilities have an unfortunate habit of ending the world and this character does come out as a trans man in the season like the actor Elliot Page himself right He's, he's coming later. Just he's, he's not part of like the main group. So, after travelling to the 1960s last season, the Hargreaves return to the present, only to find that the timeline has changed, and the Umbrella Academy is now the Sparrow Academy. The Hargreaves clash with the students there, who include the gravity-manipulating Sloane, played by Genesis, Genesis Rodriguez, and tentacle guy Ben, Justin H. Min, who was a member of the Umbrella Academy in the old timeline before he died. See, there, he is in there. <laughs> also, there are a bunch of other Sparrow Academy people, but they all die, so who cares? Indeed. One of which is a sentient cube. Yes, Christopher, the just giant floating cube. Who? I mean... That must have been of all the Umbrella Academy bursts. That must have been the you know, yes. <laughs> that that one was maybe kind of artificially assisted. You'd need falsets for that one for sure. Although I mean, maybe he just kind of came out like a a small tiny cube and then grew. 
Maybe, maybe it was like just like those... a wombat doing a poo. Maybe it was like one of those um, key ring Rubik's cubes. Maybe yeah, was... exactly. So, the Invellers lose the fight slash dance off with the Sparrow Academy. They're forced to retreat to Klaus's hangout, the Hotel Obsidian. Just, just, just for listeners who are a bit confused by your use of the fight slash dance off uh, reference, this isn't some namby pamby throwaway comedy moment like Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh no, this is a full on choreographed dance off routine. Yep, to foot loose. If you don't watch the rest of season three, I urge you just to watch that scene. I mean, heck, you could probably just find some kind of, like, Umbrella Academy all-dance scenes montage. Yes. Because there's, there's quite a few. Yes. So, at the Hotel Obsidian, they're joined by Diego's power-mimicking girlfriend, Lila, played by Ritu Aya, who manages to steal a time-travelling briefcase so that the team can undo this timeline. Uh, however, it doesn't work. Eventually, the Invellers discover that this is due to a Kugelblitz, a time anomaly in the basement of the Sparrow Academy, which is slowly erasing everything from existence. Uh, this was caused by Harlan, played by Callum Keith Rennie, Victor's sort of adopted son from the 60s, who gained a piece of his powers and accidentally used it to kill all the Umbrella's mothers before they could be born, creating a paradox. In a fit of rage at the loss of her daughter, who now like, was never born, Alison kills Harlan. Meanwhile, Diego and Lila discover a portal to an alternate hotel called Hotel Oblivion in a pocket dimension. And also, Luther and Sloane fall in love and get married. But I swear to God, there's, there's not much more left. Just hold on. <laughs> so, When are you going to synopsize episode two? <laughs> oh, don't you? <laughs> I mean, you joke, but the actual things I've synopsized are only about, like, half the season's worth of episodes. There's a whole thing with, like, a giant ball of twine that I've just gone, that we don't have time for it. <laughs> the, the whole thing with the Amish people doesn't matter. <laughs> Forget about it. And the thing is, we could now throw in a whole list of things that may or may not happen in season three of Umbrella Academy. And it would all sound plausible. Yeah. The killer fish robots, that was an in a memorable scene. I'm here. Nice try, Mick. I think our audience are smart enough to know that the killer fish robot was from season two, not season three. Ah, uh, yes, true. So, anyway, after the usual amount of emotional chats and music montages, the founder of both academies, Reginald Hargreaves, Colm Theor, who's, who's also an alien, tricks the others into entering Hotel Oblivion by murdering Luther and Klaus. Uh, Klaus comes back to life and warns the others, but everyone except Allison is trapped in a machine that starts draining, of, draining them of their life force so that Reginald can reset the universe. Allison kills Reginald and saves the others, and then pushes a button which resets the universe anyway, which works somehow. Because comics. Yep. And then she's reunited with her husband from the 1960s, as well as her daughter from the present times, 
in what's maybe another universe or she's in the afterlife or still in the machine or something like that. But it's fine, forget about it. Everyone else, including a resurrected Luther, is sent back to where the Hotel Obsidian used to be, only to find that A, they're now in a new timeline where Reginald Hargreaves owns most of New York, B, Sloane has vanished, and C, none of them have powers anymore. And if you haven't watched the series, I'm sorry. <laughs> this this was not the episode to come into the podcast. <sighs> I liked it. Yeah, I like it. It's, it's a lot, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> and, and I think that's the thing with... I think the, the, the beauty with Umbrella Academy, all three seasons, is that it knows it makes no sense and gloriously revels in it. It doesn't, it doesn't stop the action to try and explain why what just happened happened. It'll get done in odd throwaway lines and little bits of plot revelation, but you'll never get the full story. And even if you do, it probably won't make any sense. Yeah, because I think the thing to get across... Like, if you haven't seen Umbrella Academy, is that what the show is about is about a group of adopted siblings, like, coming together as a family. And then there's just... Definitely trying to function as a unit. Exactly. While a bunch of weird stuff happens in the background. Yeah. And what the weird stuff actually is doesn't really matter. No. But it's very rarely anything other than fun. Watching Umbrella Academy. It has its dark moments. It has its soul-searching moments. But generally, it's fun. It is indeed. It's just a wacky good time. It's got a bit of a Romeo and Juliet feel as well, this one, hasn't it? This season. Oh, very much like Luther and Sloane doing the whole... Yeah. Well, we're from separate houses. Neither family, uh, uh, neither family approve of the union. Um, there's limited support. The support that he does get isn't necessarily from where he wants it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting little series. It is. It's also nice that Luther has a love interest now, who's not like his sister, which was a bit yeah, icky. It was a little bit icky. Because um, obviously you can do the whole thing of well they're not actually blood related, but the fact that like he refers still. to all the others as these are my brothers and sisters, and this is also my sister who is also my girlfriend. It's a it's a bit yeah. deliverance, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and um, it's a little bit. I mean, it's an awkward social situation when you're doing introductions, really. Is. Although I suppose it does make filling out the wedding forms a bit easier. Well, you don't have to argue about the name changes, do you? Exactly. Who's Although I suppose name? he's got that with Sloane as well. No. True. Because there was a lot to take in during your synopsis, did you mention the plotline where the Sparrow Academy are trying to kill 
or subdue Reginald. Oh no, that's again, that's another one of those things where it's just like, there's no room in the synopsis for this. <laughs> so while he's plotting to use their power against the, to stop the universe, they're also sapping his power and keeping him sedated and under control because uh, they don't think he's a very nice guy. And as it turns out, he's not. He's a complete arse. He is. He's a bit of a wrong in his that Reginald Hargreaves. He is, yeah. Um, I kind of like the subplot with Diego being a dad. Yeah, that, that was least, nice. It leads to much japery, where he's the, the really unwilling recipient of the news that he's a dad. And then goes all out to prove that he's probably the best dad that <laughs> the kid's ever going to get. <laughs> he is. Right up until the kid is just like erased from existence. Yeah. Um... Which I think, that was that was probably one of my niggles with this series, is there did seem to be kind of a lot of, okay, we've got this character and we're telling a story with them, but we don't really have anywhere else for it to go so they're just dead or get wiped out from existence yeah but then it's comics so that's not necessarily permanent now season four new timeline yeah maybe stanley pops back up again yeah um although it's going to be interesting to see how they get on with no powers Yeah, I'm... It'll be a quite pedestrian series, I think. <laughs> I would suspect that at some point they get like some kind of powers back. Or yeah. maybe like do a thing where they get some different powers, which I realise is what I'm describing is the plot of Misfits, the other show about superhero delinquents that down on the Or maybe... In three or four years' time, you and I will be doing a podcast where we discuss the fact that maybe the um, the start of the demise of the Umbrella Academy as a franchise was when they turned season four into a police procedural. I mean, you say that, but series four is going to be the last series. <laughs> and I could I could even actually almost see them doing that, just going. You know what this is? We're not even going to do like an end of the world plot. It's just them hanging out. Yeah, <laughs> it's just ten episodes of them sitting there to it, talking about past adventures. It's going to be a clip season. Yeah, exactly. Just like <laughs> season one, episode one, guys, Diego will just be kind of changing their nappy. And like, do you remember that time when Victor almost blew up the world? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> well, or they could they could do like what they did in Archer where one of them slips into a coma and they just have a series of episodes set in their dreamscapes oh good yes we definitely need more series to be like the worst series of Archer <laughs> and I mean they, series because they did like three separate series of just I know. and here's another hallucination <laughs> Uh, it's back on track now though oh good yeah I'm sure I'll watch like 
the most recent. Actually, yeah, I completely forgot there's been like two whole series of them just doing spy stuff again. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's back to just being like good normal archer. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so Umbrella Academy's. The weird thing is they they it's such a man a massive departure from the actual source material in terms of the actual plot lines, and yet I'm hearing. When I'm looking at the bottom half of the internet, I see a lot less hue and cry from fans of the comics than you do from, I don't know, when Marvel made Jane Foster into the mighty Thor in a movie and, you know, follow following the plot line from the mighty Thor comics. Yeah, it's... Maybe the Umbrella Academy just attracts like a better caliber of fan. Could be. But it, it's true. You know, th- there was outcry from Thor fans about making Jane Foster the mighty Thor. These would be the same Thor fans who were complaining that it wasn't true to the source material. We want it to be true and accurate to the source material, but not that accurate. That's just wrong. Yeah, and like obviously the easy answer is just to say they they just hate it when it's like not a straight white guy in the main lead. Yeah. But like arguably the main character of Umbrella Academy is a trans man. Yeah. So But I think I think also it it it's one of those off the wall comics. You can't in any way say that uh, Umbrella Academy is a mainstream comic. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe just because it's it's got to sound like weird little fans who are just in their own chill little corner. Yeah. Rocking backwards and forwards gently. <laughs> Trying to make sense of whatever the hell it was they just read. That's fair. I can sympathise. <laughs> but it is it's, it, it, it's one of those shows where you, you get the feeling that it's more of an inspired by than a based upon uh, kind of vibe going on. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe like if you're a fan of the Umbrella Academy, you don't want like a blow for blow recreation because the fun of it is kind of being blindsided by all this weird wackiness that's happening yeah and i also think that from a practical point of view to to even it's one of those franchises where if you did try to do a comic accurate depiction of the events that take place in the comic book um the budgets and the technology just aren't there for a tv show Oh yeah, and like you can tell this season was like straining things a bit. Because mm. I feel like we had like three episodes of them just right, no one's leaving the hotel because we need to conserve the budget for like the alternate <laughs> universe <laughs> kind of rebuilding machine and samurai guards. Indeed. Um 
felt the way I, I felt they like I felt they kind of sort of neither shied away from nor made too big a thing about Elliot Page's transition. They acknowledged it quite quickly and got it over with within the plot line. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and obviously this is kind of we're not the most qualified to talk about, but yeah, I did think it was good. They, they kind of said obviously we don't want Elliot to have to like essentially play a female character for too long, so we'll just get that bit sorted. But then it's still like it's still a plot point. It's not just yeah. this is Victor now. No one mentioned anything. And yet, oddly, it's exactly the kind of comic book show where you could just say that. It could have just been a side effect of the timeline changes and stuff like that. So, yeah, well, well, I know yeah. that was kind of a lot of the theories going in was that it was going to be some kind of like alternate universe wibbly wibbliness. Yeah. But no, well, then did. Doctor, then, then the producers of Doctor Who would have probably sued. Indeed, they would. But yeah, no, it's just. It's cleaner and better to just say, you know, this is a transgender actor. This is a transgender character. Yeah. So, so well done, Umbrella Academy. That's gold star for you. Now, can you please explain how the finale worked? No. No. I think, I th- no, I they think, can't. I think if I explain how the I think the Umbrella Academy is actually um, a show that is a self-fulfilling prophecy. If I explain to you how the season three finale works, it will bring around the end of this timeline. And a new timeline will be born where you and I have no podcasting powers. So very similar to this timeline. Yeah, fair enough. In many, in many ways. But still, it could be like we wake up in a timeline where just neither of us have working microphones. Yeah. Again, very similar to this universe yeah. on a number of occasions. <laughs> or working headsets, working internets. Buzzy laptops. Recording software that only lets you record for like 40 minutes and then we've got to start a new one. Yeah. We we suffer for you listeners. We do. I, I think what I think what our listeners need to appreciate is that on their behalf we make our lives difficult for ourselves. We do. We we're the real heroes. Yeah. Forget your Iron Man and your white violin and your, I don't know, what else is the, your Man of Steel. We're the real heroes here. We don't need capes. I mean, it would be quite nice to have a cape, though. I've got a cape. Just don't wear it. But why not? Because then people would know my secret identity. But surely you've just revealed that to our millions of listeners. Look, it's all right for you. You just put the glasses on and no one knows any better. 
that's right, you've you've done it, you've rumbled the real reason I wear glasses. <laughs> Sorry, I've just been watching um on the journey up from uh, London I watched the DC League of Super Pets movie. And it's a great movie for kids, but it's also a great movie for hardcore comic fans. We should do it. We should cover it. I think we probably can do. Yeah. <laughs> We've done another one of those episodes. We're kind of halfway through. We just sort of like start planning the next one. It's because if we start talking about Umbrella Academy, A, our brains will explode. B, we'll try to make sense of the plot. Which will cause our heads to explode again, assuming they heal quickly enough from exploding the first time. And also, I'm still not entirely sure what went on. Apart from a wedding. And a talking monkey in a bike gang. Yeah. Oh, Umbrella Academy Season 3. I like it. I can't tell you why. It's like a Wes Anderson film. You is... it feeling great, but you don't know why. You really enjoyed that movie, but you can't tell anybody a single thing about it that you really enjoyed. Yeah, I've seen Grand Budapest Hotel multiple times. I don't know what the plot of that film is. Huh. Do you need to? Not really, no. Maybe that's just a slang name for it. Maybe it's the Grand Budapest Hotel Oblivion. Oh my god, it's all connected. <laughs> like She-Hulk and Elf and Black. Yes, exactly. Like how that's all one universe. Like everything with Tatiana Maslany is part of the Elf and Black universe. Everything yeah. with a hotel in it is now part of the Umbrella Academy universe. Yeah. Well, except when the Umbrella Academy universe is like a single block of a street because everything else has been wiped out. Yes. That was a really good effect, though. Of them all sitting in the ruins, watching the watching the edges of the universe crumble around them. Yeah, that's yeah, a really, really good visual. Yeah. And it, it, you know, for all the, all the fact that we said earlier it was straining the budget, it, it wasn't straining the budget in a way that made the graphics uh, or the, the CGI look clunky. Um, but it did lead to some quite effects-free scenes. Which is an odd thing to have in an Umbrella Academy adaptation. It is. But yeah, yeah I think consistently it's just it's always... Even when the CGI is like obviously CGI, it still looks good. Yeah. Which is probably why it takes them so long to make the shows. I mean, obviously, COVID didn't help this time round. I mean, quite easy to isolate when there's no one else in like existence, though. Well, yeah. Also, how would you catch it in the first place? Maybe they've got the answer. Maybe ending the universe is the way to get rid of COVID once and for all. I mean, I, th I think the Tories are doing their damnedest. Well, yeah. Indeed. That's what we need them to take on in season four. 
I mean, I'd say yes, but they're not the world's most effective superheroes, are they? No, that's true. That's true. I mean, they the... do cock up a yeah. lot. I mean, they're just about three for three for stopping world-ending disasters that they themselves have caused. Yeah, true. True. I do want to see that sentient Eiffel Tower brought to life, though. Surely they've got... Maybe, like, every season they've got, like, a swear jar or something. And just all the money that goes in there is going towards the budget for doing a sentient it's Eiffel a sentient Tower. Eiffel Tower. It's filled with killer robots. It's great. That's the real reason they're only doing four series is because they've like got enough money for it now. <laughs> yeah, now that they've got all the merchandise money, <laughs> speed off some Funko Pops. Anyway, is it time for my rant that I do for every Umbrella Academy episode? Yes. Agent Gallagher's only 18 years old. How dare he? <laughs> it's, uh, how dare he be that talented when he's that young it's absolutely <laughs> disgusting Mick <laughs> oh dear but the, the, the thing is it is a strong cast and it always has been um, I think it, it was interesting seeing Ben play kind of two aspects of the same character across three seasons. Um, and obviously Vanya transitioning into Victor is very different and very subdued as well, I think. But I, th I think Elliot Page has always been a good actor, even even when I first saw them in um, Regenesis, the Canadian uh, show where Ellen, as she was then, uh, played the daughter of the main protagonist. Um, so, yeah, it's always been a strong cast. There's, I think it's also like a strength of the series that they've had their characters like grow across each season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, except five, really. Five hasn't really grown, has he? But then he's supposed to be like an 85-year-old man in a pre prepubescent body. Yeah, exactly. He like he had all his character development in between scenes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I just wish they My only criticism with the Umbrella Academy, and it's been a criticism um, for both season one and two as well, is the mum character. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd kind of forgotten she was in this series. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. They kind of put her in as, like, central to certain elements of the plot. And then... And for those of you um, who are familiar with the Umbrella Academy, you'll remember that she was a robot created to look after the children by Reginald. She wasn't actually their mom. Um, 
But they always put these interesting little bits about her. Like in this one, she becomes like almost the, the leader of the cult for, for the uh, is it Kugel Blitz? Yeah, yeah. She's like yeah. the one who's like, it's God come to do his, his God yeah. stuff. Yeah, it needs sacrifices. Come, my children, be them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess it kind of ties back into what I was saying about Stanley, just that idea of this character is very important up until yeah. they're not, and then they're just gone. And, and well, it, it's different with her. She, whereas, whereas they kind of, with the others, sort of dispense with them in some way. With her, she kind of just stops being there. She stops being in scenes. Most well, of I, the time. I think five killed her. Possibly. I mean, the in the spirit of full disclosure, I think there's more distance between me watching season three of this than than yourself. Yeah, so it took me a little while to catch up with it. Yeah, but I think it's the episode where they like all discover the Kugel Blitz. Mm. And then, like the mother, because she's she's got like a flamethrower. And then I'm pretty sure five just like teleports her away and like snaps her neck. Oh, and then I think they like, yeah, that's the episode where the whole academy gets like sucked into the Google Blitz. Yeah. So I guess she got sucked in that, but it's it seems very quick and just like a yeah, just gone. And yeah. Up to that point, it was like a major plot point solved like that, and it. And I think with the, I think the thing is with the the Sparrow Academy feud, the Romeo and Juliet plot, and the Klugel Blitz plot. I think it almost Spider Man three. Yeah, which just got a bit too much going on. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's yeah, because specifically it's got too much going on, and a lot of the time those things don't really like connect with each other. No. And even even internally don't make any sense. So then you've got three things that don't make much sense. In a good way. Not intertwining with each other, and you. It's a lot. It's a lot to process. It is like, I I, I had to go back and rewatch an episode because I didn't realize Harlan had been killed off. <laughs> like, again, think... it, it's it's one of those ones where you think. Um, bearing in mind that over the. Over the two seasons, they've built up this thing that Vanya stroke Victor is the most powerful of the Umbrella Academy kids. Oh, yeah. Victor Victor had some classic comic book power nonsense where yeah. he's gone from, if I unleash my powers, I'll end the entire world to, I, I can knock people down. Yeah. And then they get back up again. Ah, the Chumbawamba power. Exactly. I have the power of Chumbawamba. Um, so, yeah, I, th I, th I think... I don't know whether they've consciously tried to 
depower Victor, or whether whether it's an emotional side effect of the the whole sissy Harlan separation thing, or or what? But yeah, like I I think you could hand wave it as like Victor has control over like a minimal level of his powers. Mm. So he never goes beyond that because if he does, he might like end the world again. But the real reason is just the rice is going. Okay, if we have like one character who's the most powerful being in existence, that does not present us with a lot of opportunities for problems. No, the Superman conundrum. Exactly the Superman, but a Superman without Kryptonite. Yeah, and 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 also, you know. Quite a large portion of the first two seasons were the your favorite plot line. Superman's gone bad. I mean, yeah, it is. It's it's <laughs> why we have so many Superman's gone bads. You 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 love that plot line, don't you? You can't get enough of that one. It it is my favorite. In but in close second is, oh no, this guy's like the Flash, but he's even faster. <laughs> I'm Barry Allen. I am one of thousands of elite athletes. <laughs> I'm Barry Allen. I'm at least the 17th fastest man alive. <laughs> On a good day, I can beat you same Bolt. <laughs> as long as I've warmed up beforehand. <laughs> but I don't need an energy bar first. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, the the Flash is another character that gets affected by that a lot of the. Yeah. No, you can run faster than the speed of thought. Like you shouldn't be having trouble with any of these. Yeah. Like you um... should just be able to snatch the gun out of Captain Cold's hand before he can do anything with it. Yeah. Don't just stand there and get frozen, Barry. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. It's a thorny one. It's a problem. Yeah, I mean, like I say, it's just one of those inherent problems with the superhero media. Yeah. So, is there anything else we need to... The Sparrow Academy, I I found most of them, with the exception of Sloan, because obviously she develops a bit over the course of the um, romance plot, the Romeo and Juliet plot. But the rest of them I found a bit um, two-dimensional. Yeah, like, I think I liked Faye, but I think that's more... I thought she had a cool design with, like, a like yeah. crossed-out eyes and all the yeah. ravens she could summon. Yeah, she made that look work in a way that Ryan Reynolds didn't in Wolverine. Oh, yeah, she is, like, reverse Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but I, I feel like literally all she did was just tell Ben that his plans were bad. Yeah, it was like, that was that seemed to be her main job. His main job seemed to be telling everybody else to shut up. Um, and you know, Christopher, 
okay, you're a cube. You can shoot stuff out of your cubeness. But what? <laughs> yeah, and, and don't forget Jamie and our Fordens, who are also there. Oh, yes. Sorry, who? They. You, you remember Jamie and Alphonse? Jamie and Alphonse. They're, they're the ones who did all the things. And they, what, they mainly, had... mainly dying early, yeah? Yes. Yeah. One, of, yeah. one of them super strong. So he was like the anti Luther. No, that was whoever the leader guy was. But he literally thought... died in like the first. Ah, oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, our, our Fonz was the guy with, like, the weird melty face where if yes. you punched him, like, you got the impact of the punch. Yes. And Jamie... Actually, no, I tell a lot. Jamie is important because she's the one who spits venom, which caused Diego to have the hallucination of the whole footloose dance sequence. Yes. So she was, in fact, very important to the plot. In episode one. Yes. And then Howard <laughs> killed them both. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah. I, I, I think possibly. Where this season is strong. It's been stronger than the other two seasons. But where it's been weak. It's been considerably weaker than the other two. I think it was a lot harder to keep track of. What was going on. Where the pieces were moved to. And again, like I say, Spider-Man 3 I think it's Spider-Man 3 itself into trouble. Yeah, that's that's a good summation, I think. Yeah. There you go. Spider-Man 3 is now a verb. Indeed. Well, shall we pop it on the old listy list? Yes, let's do that. So, this is our list of TV shows going from 1 to 26. With number one being Moon Knight, and I'm sure we all remember what number 26 is. <laughs> no. It is, of course, in humans. Oh, yes, of course it is. Which... See, I tried to forget, and now you've reminded me. I have. That makes I'll... me sad. I was going to say it's going to be at 26 for a long time, but in fact, no, no, it's not going to be. No, it's going to drop to 27 in about two minutes. Indeed. And then 28 next time we do a TV thing. <laughs> Unless they do an Inhuman Season 2. Oh my god, could you could you imagine <laughs> if just somewhat at Marvel had enough clout to go? Well, we you know, should give them another chance. They're bringing back all the Netflix series. Maybe, you know, they'll start bringing back all the ABC videos. Are they Agents bringing back Shield? all the Netflix series, though? Well, not Iron Fist, obviously. Exactly. They're bringing back the good ones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or at least... I mean, the, the Daredevil-centric yeah. ones. <laughs> Yeah, Daredevil, Luke Cage, and season one of both Jessica Jones and The Punisher. <laughs> so, um, Bella Academy, well, I think we 
be because this is season three we have kind of a good niche to look at because mm-hmm. at number 13 we have umbrella academy season two number 14 we have what if which i do not remember why it's so high on the list <laughs> number 15 we have crisis on infinite earths number 16 we have watchmen which as you pointed out before isn't actually a comic book adaptation but shh. <laughs> uh, and at 17 we have loki season a half of it and then umbrella academy season one at number 18 so like, basically given what i said at the end of the the review bit it needs to sit somewhere around you umbrella academy season one yeah so say i definitely like umbrella academy season two more than season three yeah three i think i like a bit better than one there you go so drops that 17 uh, do you like no. it more than what if oh, I, think no, what? Time, I think at the time we ranked what if based on the fact that we both felt it was a bit yeah and therefore we put it slap bang in the middle at that time yes which in retrospect was probably damning it, damning it no elevating it with slight praise yeah, I mean, I definitely, I think this it was better than What If. Mo- it had its interesting moments, What If. It is, yeah. It was It was nice enough. It's just, I'm I'm not sure I'd put it above things like Watchmen or, or Loki. No, no, no. Well, I say I'm not sure. I am sure because I've done that. I've done that for some <laughs> reason. Maybe we ought to do that. Maybe we ought to have a, a Christmas special where we have a revaluation of our ranking system. Don't get excited, humans. See, I'd say that's a good idea. But I think if we have to reevaluate the Suicide Squad, that might be like a podcast ending argument. <laughs> maybe, maybe by the time we come around to doing that episode, there'll be enough Suicide Squads to split them out into their own list. I like it. So yeah, we can put like number one is Peacemaker, number two is the Suicide Squad, number three is the inevitable weasel TV show that we're going to like will into existence. (laughs) Now that's the police procedural, isn't it? Oh my god, yeah, like one of them is a straight-laced cop who plays by the books. And the other one's Weasel. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Together they solve crimes. Except not really together because Weasel's just off eating people. Yeah. Anyway, Umbrella Academy Season 3, I think that should be our number 14. Okay. And there we have it. Cool. And well, with that, I guess that's another episode. Episode did indeed. And hey, I've just looked outside the window. The universe didn't end. Hooray!
or boo, depending on your perspective. Um, I think maybe it's just waiting to see who decides who gets the hot seat at number 10 this week. Oh, well, at least we'll be going out with a bang. Well, we will if Liz Truss gets hold of the nuclear button. She's very excited about it. Oh, my God, if she... She thought the pork deals were good before. <laughs> Imagine when she's got control of nuclear power as well. Buy the pork. Buy the pork. Actually, she didn't. She she opened up pack, pork markets for us to buy from. Thus uh, killing off all hope for British farmers. Anyway. Oh, boy. I'm depressed now. Yeah. Enough politics. Right. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's about it from us. Yeah. Uh, Take it to... home, Andrew. Take it home. If you want to listen to more, you can find all our episodes on the feed or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you subscribe to the show, you'll make sure you never miss an episode. If you want to get in touch, our email is beholdpod at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at beholdpod. And if you're a fan, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review on your podcast app of choice or recommended us to a friend. It's the best way for us to grow as a show and reach new listeners. So that's everything. Until next time, I've been Andrew. And I've been Phil, formerly known as Mickey in an alternate timeline. So long and thanks for listening. (laughs) 